Hey Spunksters, it is Jacqueline with Practical Spunk. Um, I know I've been gone for a little while. I um, had to kind of take off a break, a mental break, um, to focus on some things that needed to get done. And um, I'm really happy though to be back and really start this process of talking about my mental health journey with y'all. Um, most people ask, you know, what is the biggest thing in your mental health journey? And, um, you know, today, after yesterday being, um, a very big day for me, um, in the sense of my sobriety has been the biggest impact in my mental health. Don't get me wrong. Um, being misdiagnosed and all of these other things yes that goes hand in hand um but one of the biggest things that was very detrimental in me my mental health and just in general in my life was um unfortunately my me using i um used to drink and i used to pop opioids and I thought it was the best thing in the world because I had so much going on but yet couldn't cope with it all um which was hard you know um I remember oh it was I want to say January of 2017 and I <sighs> Had just and it was funny because I was like, you know, some people think when you, you know, everyone expects my big like my big moment, like your rock bottom to be the most dramatic thing, like, oh my god, I saw the light and I almost died. Like, but the reality is sometimes sometimes people's rock bottoms aren't as dramatic as like you these movies make them out to be or these shows or these things like they're about to lose everything. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. I mean, I can you can talk to several people. They have come close to, I mean, I have woken up one time on the floor of my apartment with my dog just sitting there waiting to see if I was gonna wake up. Probably I woke up, you know, with throwing up and everything like that. Um, but I woke up and the next thing in my head was not like, oh man, I could have lost my life, you know, my family would have lost me. It was like, oh, okay, well, where's the next drink? Let me go buy some, you know, that didn't do it for me. Um, so, um, of course, in January 2017, I, you know, was in my own little world um, thinking, I was just a young 20 something year old and drinking was just part of the thing. You know, I, I wasn't a crazy drinker. Even though it, a lot of times when I'd go drink, I'd be like, okay, I'm just gonna have one or two. I gotta pace myself, you know? And it's like, man, those are words of like an alcoholic, but you know, I didn't think about it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm taking medication with alcohol. I'm not abusing anything. That can't be me. Um, so I was dating this guy and it was very simple, very small date, like a month. And 
Um, most people know with someone that um, battles addiction, I will say like we get addicted to the people we're with at times. We get addicted. I mean, it is it's horrible. Um, you know, and I have other mental health disorders um, that definitely heighten everything. And so I was like, oh my god, this guy's everything to me. Even though I only had known him a month and he broke up with me and I just lost it. I was like, I'm never going to find anyone. Life is over. I've been a young mom. My life is not going the way I've ever dreamed of it. And so like I gave up, you know, I, I did not want to keep going. Um, so I had a, um, appointment with my therapist and I, you know, told her like that I had um, suicidal ideations and that I was not happy and that I just did not want to be here anymore. Um, And so she ended up calling the police. Um, They were very nice. Like I will tell you, um, I don't know what other people's experience has been, but I will say, Yeah, so I would say, like, Austin PD was very kind to me. They didn't, like, put me in handcuffs. Um, They let me have a cigarette before I got in the car. And then they admitted me to the hospital. Um, So, obviously, I was on a hold. Um, There's, you know, there's two different types of ways of going into the... um, mental hospital is either being taken in and then you are on hold and you are kind of at the the well-being of the doctors and the state and the law and everything or there's um going in by yourself and then you can leave when you see fit um but unfortunately my situation I was taken in so I was on a hold um it was hard because I hadn't drank, I hadn't had any pills. So basically I'm coming off all of that while I'm at the middle of the hospital, while I wasn't taking care of my diabetes. So they're giving me diabetic shots while I'm in the hospital. So that was like a whole other feeling. Then they're giving me all of this other medication to help with the anxiety and all of that. So I was, we can just say a hot mess machine. I was out of it. I didn't want to be there. I was fighting the whole situation. And basically, they were like, you either start working this program with your mental health or we can go another route, which would be then court and, you know, trying to find all of that. And, you know, I was like, oh, I can't do that. I have a kid and like, I just that's just too much for me. So I ended up start working the program um, and they said, you know, one of the things you'll have to do is maintain an outpatient program um, or if you're not going to do that, then, you know, we'll have to make, take it into other measures. And I said, all right, that's fine. I'll do the outpatient program. Also wasn't happy because outpatient program was like two or three days of the week. You would, I would have to go to this thing for like 8 a.m. to like one o'clock for a half day so I had to miss work on those days for half days and 
it was rough, you know, or I would have to go after work and then go do that um, outpatient program. It's an intensive one, you know, but I, I did it and I wasn't happy to do it, but I did it because I was just like, I guess this is what I have to do. Um, and so when I went, it was like, the hardest thing going in there because I just was like I don't want to do this I don't want to study about anxiety or depression I have issues but like whatever um and I was like going with the flow of everything just doing the work you know so I could essentially get out of the program and then I remember there was one day our therapist had a guest speaker and we're sitting there and I'm hearing this guy talk and, you know, he was talking about his mental health and being in AA and getting sober. And I was like, oh, whatever, like, whatever. You know, I don't have a problem. Um, and I was like, asking him questions. I was like, well, yeah, but if you do this, like, that doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. So afterwards, we kind of spoke and he was like look, I'm not telling you to do anything, just, you know, and he's like, you don't even have to do AA, but you can go to a meeting, uh, you can go look up stuff about substance abuse, he's like, it's up to you, but I would just, he's like, just go sit in a meeting, I, he's like, just once, just go sit in a meeting, like, trust me, I think you'll like it, um, but if you don't, you don't, you know, you tried it, and I was like, ugh, whatever, so it took me some time. Like, I was like, no, I'm not going to go to a meeting. No, no, no. Um, I, because of being in the hospital, I had to be very careful with all of that and work and stuff. So I, one day was, I just found the, I guess you want to say courage to go to a meeting. Um, something in my heart was just like, just go, just go sit in it and, you know, I think I was going in there so I could tell, justify why I wasn't an alcoholic and why I didn't need to be there, which is really funny. Um, so I go sit in a room. It was a, you know, beginner's meeting. So it's people have 24, less than 30. And then there's like some elders in there too. But I go in there and like, I don't want to really talk to anyone. I just want to do my own thing. Go in, get out, go get my daughter. So I'm sitting there and I hadn't drank all day also. Like I've been 24 hours sober. So I go to that meeting sober. So I'm also very like irritated. Uh, and they're like, you can have coffee. And I was like, no, like I'm just irritated. I don't want to be here. Like this is bull. Um, that was February 22nd, 2017, which is my sobriety birthday. I was in there that meeting and I started hearing people talk um because I like always had this con- misconception of like AA is a cult <laughs> um so I was like oh my god I don't want to be part of a cult like hell no I already have issues with church like why would I want to go be part of something like that so I go and I end up listening to all the stories and I was like oh my gosh I did that. Oh, I've done that. I'm feeling that way right now. And I just keep going, oh my God, 
why is this all resonating with me? And I was like, no, you're just going crazy, you know? And then I realized that like a lot of it did resonate with me. A lot of it did make sense. And I was like, okay, maybe that does. And so like, I was like, I'll go to a second meeting, go to a second meeting. I was like, and I won't drink. I was like, I just, you know, let me try this. Um, Because, you know, I've done, like, the month sober, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I got this, man. I'm awesome. Um, So I was like, let me me just try this out. Let's see how this goes, and then we'll go from there. Um, Then I started feeling this sense of community, uh, want, like I was supposed to be there. Um, Then I got a sponsor, And then I started working the program and, um, yeah, I've been sober since then. I've been sober since February 22nd, 2017. I have six years. Um, but people always ask me like uh, about AA, they're like, oh, isn't it a cult? And I was like, no, it's, it's about finding this new life it's about finding a new life where you're not in a sense self-destructing because fortunately mental health is like a big it is like i tell people it's one of the most selfish diseases out there like you know unfortunately diabetes yeah sometimes you can do it to yourself or sometimes it just happens or it's a family genetic thing but it sucks you know you hurt you get hurt things like that cancer f same thing it just comes and you you have to deal with it you have to you know take do the care and everything like that um but it ends up hurting them and your family but it hits everyone but one of the things is like mental health is not so like people always go oh you choose to do this like oh i chose to be an alcoholic i didn't choose to be an alcoholic Unfortunately, these are things that have happened to me that have that went to me doing substance abuse because I did not know how to cope or I did not know how to overcome certain things. And so I would use. I mean, I would use because I didn't understand or know. I would I liked the person I was while using. I liked like I was more outgoing. I was what everyone wanted. When I was drinking, I was fun time Jackie, and that was it, you know? And because Jackie now versus Jackie, fun time Jackie was like, is completely opposite. I, I'm more reserved. I'm not very outgoing. I do what I need to get done. Um, so, you know, I, ch- I kept on this facade because I, I was a people pleaser and I like to do things and you know I didn't know how to cope with my feelings and I did that and then I realized that part of my growth is to be who I am and be proud of who I am but that took a long time for me to get to there but I started working this program and people always laugh because they're like oh my god it's you've got to believe in a god or you've got to believe in this and I'm like no there are so many groups out there like 
There are people that are agnostic. There are people that believe in God. There are people that go to church and do AA. There are people that don't go to church and do AA. There are LGBTQ community groups where it's just for them. You know, there's even meetings where it's just women, just men, um, elders meetings, there's meditation meetings. I mean, people think that when they have this view of AA, it's very just like, no, it's just one meeting for everyone and you either go to it or you deal. And it's not like that. There are so many meetings and there's so many, like I would like to say flavors of AA meetings out there. Like I've gone to an all women's meeting and I know men that have gone to all men's meeting. I've also gone to a, a business associates meeting where because with people that work in the corporate world, you know, they would understand um, there's mom groups, there's LGBTQ groups, there's everything out there I mean what's great is I normally I like a diverse group and I what I love is that there's diversity in uh, substance abuse than what most people think there is unfortunately there's a misconception that these groups or things like that no there's so much diversity there's so much love and there's so much care but there's no judgment when I walk into those rooms um So yeah, I mean, I worked the steps. My first time working them was really fast, really easy. I wanted to get, I wanted, I worked the steps last time because I wanted to stay sober. I started liking the way I felt. I started liking what was coming with sobriety. And so that was like, my goal was like, I I did the program, but I did it to just stay sober. Um, People go, well, what? I mean, isn't that the goal? Yes. But there's also another goal within the steps is having a spiritual awakening, which is next level and doing things. And, you know, people say, oh, you're all, your life goes to 100% if you're an AA, right? You know, they expect it to go like this. Like you have this pink cloud over your head. Um, and the reality is that's just not the case. Life still happens, man. Like shit still happens. Um things still happen people still happen tragedies still happen um abuse still happens. everything happens still like you can't just i tell people there's not this magic wand like the fairy godmother that can just go boop 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 everything's gonna be perfect you're now gonna be a millionaire and you're gonna be sober no every day is a struggle for me you know um i stayed sober and that was great and it was an accomplishment on that like my sobriety on opioids and alcohol yeah I've been sober since February 22nd but you know did I struggle oh my god there were several times I've struggled there's several times that I wanted to go back and use there were several times that i wanted to just shut down and again you know didn't know where i wanted to go with myself didn't know what i wanted to do like several 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 times guys like it doesn't just go away um six years have been a rough six years like 
I didn't just get this pink cloud and everything was happy-go-lucky. You know, I struggled financially still. I struggled mentally still. I struggled in relationships still. I mean, I struggled even like building more of a better relationship with my daughter because she was there from everything. Um, And I struggled also with just like personal relationships with people that I work with, that I am friends with and things like that. And so I literally came around of going to AA and, you know, telling people that just go sit in a room, literally just go sit in one room, just try it for once and see what you think. You know, you don't, it it might not be for you, but there are other programs out there. Um, but for me, this was the program that worked and has worked for me. Um, but I tell people you can go, you know, it's funny. I was started going like crazy when I was just getting sober. And then for a while here, I just was sober, but not going to meetings. I thought, oh, I got sober. That's it. I don't need to go to meetings. I don't need to do any of this. I don't need to keep the work. I'm sober now. And the reality is, no, you still got to do the work. You still got to go to meetings or things like that. Like, I still need to work on myself. Um, And I realized that um, not too long ago when my grandmother passed away and my dog and I lost my job, um, I had just given up. I was like, oh, my God, I've I've lost everything. I, I This has been too much loss. And I ended up. You know, I ended up going, I don't care. I want to drink. Like, I just don't want to be here anymore. So I, I, you know, I wanted to keep drinking or I wanted to do stuff. But I remember someone just going, well, have you gone to a meeting before you do that? And I was like, no, I haven't been to a meeting in like over a year. And so I was. I think it was my mom that was like, okay, just go to a meeting. I'll, we'll take the kids and you go to a meeting. I was like, okay, I guess so. Went to a meeting. And of course I was crying. I was a hot mess. Um, but I realized that every time I go back into those rooms, it's always a glimmer of hope. I don't tell people it just gets fixed, but it's a glimmer of hope. And it makes me excited because it's like, oh, that's why I do this. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, you hear the stories, you hear others talk and you feel the love, you feel the accomplishments and you're like, okay. Like, I mean, there's someone that can go in there and like, I I drank yesterday. I'm, you know, I relapsed and you're like, damn, you know what? At least you're still you are how many hours sober? Hell yeah, go you. Like, there, it is a whole different world when you go in there because there's no judgment. It's like the smallest thing. I haven't drank in an hour. Heck yeah, that's amazing. Go you. You know, uh, I hadn't drank since yesterday. Freak yeah, go you. I have six years of sobriety. Oh my gosh, heck yes, go you. You know, but I'm still struggling. Um, it's like whatever whatever steps you are on in that journey everyone is loved everyone is 
accepted and everyone is appreciated because at the end of the day we all battle this one this one nasty you know thing that it doesn't discriminate it does not care who or what it does you can be the nicest little housewife or you could be the richest man in the world or you could be homeless it does not care it literally is like i don't care if you're even in the military i don't care if you're even um a politician like i don't care this disease causes everyone grief anger and a lot of hurt so you know like i mentioned my grandmother had passed away my dog had passed away i lost my job and i was just freaking out recently because of how the economy is going and i ended up going back into that room and filling it i ended up going to find a new sponsor and i've been working the steps again this time though i'm working them very strategically like on not rushing them i'm working them as they really should be not just just keep me sober but to give me this full spiritual awakening and you know one of the things that have come to my realization was like oh maybe i should read the book again to even just you know want to get even remotely back into aa and um i tell people that you should always read the book um especially if you can go to like half price books or something and get a used one i highly recommend it mine was used and had someone's information in here but um you know i i definitely realize that there are things that i should live by and believe in you know faith without works is dead um to me that's like saying you know like how without the work being done how can i have the faith and then here's another quote that i really love um willingness without action is fantasy you know we all want something we are willingness to have something but until we take that action how can we that fantasy's never going to come true that that dream will never come true we have to take action you have to do work you know um i so i'm on step 4 right now on working my steps and um one step 4 is uh it's been a it's been a whirlwind um because it's my moral inventory and a lot of people are like ooh how is that you know um because it you know it shows how it affects my self esteem sex relations you know security personal relationships my pride my fear you know how does it affect that who has affected what has affected that and then you know what was the cause of that but then also what was my part because you know at the end of the day it's like there are two parts to it you know there are always two parts to it um 
And then people always ask, well, what was one, two, and three? And I was like, first one is just admit I'm powerless over alcohol. I am like, I, I don't, I have no power with, with it. And, you know, the second and the third one were like, you know, giving it up to God and then finding God, um, which was really cool because um, I know from my experience, I have a specific non-love for church, um, especially for Catholic church. I was hurt by it. I was kind of in a way pushed I fell out of the church I put like because I was a young mom and different things had happened and you know another situation had happened and it was just very uncomfortable to me and so I I just felt like man like I gotta find this God but like the God that apparently I have to believe in is like this Catholic God that everyone but like realization is and that's what people think is like oh you've got to have a god i guess to be an aa no you don't because at the end of the day my god my higher power is god is love love is god that's it there's nothing else to it yes there's a bible and all that stuff but at the end of the day god loves his all his children no matter what and no matter what's gonna ever happen those are everyone's children. Those are all his children and he loves them. Like you sin, you're fine. He still loves you. You do good, he loves you. Everything happens, he still loves you. I mean, at the end of the day, I hate to say this, but he still loves you. You do something bad, he still loves you. That's my thing. There is no well, if you're gay, like how dare no, there's none of that. And my God and the God that I were like I have as my higher power loves all his children no matter what. God is love, love is God. And I finally came to that conclusion and like and it's crazy, six years later, finally came to this conclusion that I don't need to be what everyone else's God has been for them. I can be whatever my God is for me, which is a beautiful, loving God. He loves everyone. He loves me. You know, I've done bad and he still loves me. I'm bisexual and he still loves me. I I might not be the most perfect person. I cuss and things like that. But you know what? He still loves me. He still loves me and he still cares for me. Um, and I still care for him because he's my higher power. You know, my higher power is a him, which is really funny. Um, but your higher power could be like a woman, a bird. Like I don't care. But that was the coolest part of me so far working on these steps again is finding out that this God didn't have to be specifically what everyone else sees God as. It could be whatever my God was and what my higher power was. And, and I finally came to that conclusion of who my higher power was, which is God, but a loving God, you know, um, not a hypocritical God that says, I love all my children, but if you do this, I, mean, I don't know, you know, no. My God's like, because at the end of the day, you have a Bible, you have a book, you have everything. But in the day, like, there's only three words that, like, they all, they, at the end of the day, kind of all live by is love is love, God is love, they love you no matter what. You know, 
that's it. They love you no matter what. Um, and so, you know, once I was able to come to this conclusion with my higher power and what my higher power was, um, now I'm able to now do, I like to say the grunt work, which is, you know, um, moral inventory on myself and the amends. And now I'm like really in this grunt work. And yesterday I did my step four and man, I did not realize that you can be sober for a length of time, but how these steps, these steps, I'm telling you how they truly work. They can hit you hard when you redo them. They can hit you hard when you're touching on them again. Because my step four, you know, obviously that's between me and my sponsor, but my step four was intense. There were so many things from the last time I did my step four. I did it super quick and fast because I just wanted to stay sober and work through the program. But this time I like, I, I took my time because I was like, okay, I've been sober. I'm not worried about, you know, like I, I am worried, but I've been sober. So this time, like, I, I want to be sober, but I want also to be happy because you can be sober and not be happy. You can be sober and not be the most healthiest. Like people think like, oh, I got sober. You know, you see these videos or these things, people that get sober and everything is just chipper and beautiful no you can get sober and still all that shit could be happening but what can help you is when you really truly sit in there and work the program work the meat and potatoes you know and encouraging yourself to share that your happiness within this program you're able to really sit back and be like ah okay let me really do this so like this time my moral inventory was way more intense. It was way more real. It was way more nitty gritty to the point of like, I didn't even think about this person or this thing and now I am and holy crap, like what's going on? I didn't know I had these feelings about this. Um, and that's what's exciting is, you know, I, you know, you're going back through your life, your life and You know, and you're basically going through the thoroughness and the honesty and the in-depth situation of everything. You know, you're considering it all carefully and, and it's showing you, you know, different things internally, externally. Um, and truthfully, I think, you know... I'm super thankful for these steps because, like, I, I can't wait till step five, step six, step seven, step eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I'll definitely keep y'all updated. Um, you know, I I just tell you humbly rely on your higher power. Um, use serenity you know one of my favorite prayers and and you don't even have to be dealing with sobriety you can be dealing with mental health you don't even have to be dealing with any mental health or sobriety issues you could be dealing with life um 
but one of the best things that I love is um, the serenity prayer, which is, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Let's dissect that. God, grant me the serenity. That serenity, man, that that is powerful. Like, grant me that serenity that I can just have peace, you know, in anything. Um, and then to accept the things I cannot change. You know, one thing as us humans is we we like to control stuff. We like, no, it needs to go this way, man. Like, it makes us more mad. But you know what? Sometimes things don't go the way you want it to. And now, like, me working the steps and me really believing in those words, when things don't go my way, I'm just like, oh, it's okay. It is okay. We're just going to roll with the punches, you know, because I'm not perfect. That's not perfect. And it didn't go the way I wanted, but that's fine. You know, um, might be not, I might not like it, but okay, I'm going to have to roll with it. Um and then the third part is wisdom to know the difference. You know, um, give me that wisdom, you know, because when I don't see it, man, ooh, it's rough. You know, give me the wisdom to know the difference. Give me that, give me that. Demonstrate to me, though, what is the difference in things what can I control and what I can't control it's okay you know um one of the things that I love that's in the big book um in how it works which is page 69 I'm gonna read it and um would love for y'all to Um, listen to this and then I'll go about it is we reviewed our own conduct over the years past where had we been selfish dishonest or inconsiderate whom had we hurt did we unjustify arouse jealously suspicion or bitterness where we are at fault what should we have done instead We got this all down on paper and looked at it. In this way, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future. To me, you know, that is just saying like, we're reviewing you know, we, we take what our fault is, we take what the cause is, we take what my part is, um, yeah, I'm, I can't say my fault, because I'm, I'm trying to reword things, but it's my part, um, and it's just being real, like, did we have jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness, you know, who did we hurt, Were we selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Like, be honest with those things, man. Like, it it really, truly brings you peace when you're honest with those things. Um, People don't realize that, but when you can be honest with yourself, then you can be honest with others. 
Um, and that's something I definitely live my life about is like, you know, and it's very like that caramel, that karma thinking or that, you know, do respect others if, as if you want to be respected back. And, and it's very true, you know, um, and then what's the beautiful thing is then you get to work with others in the program. You get to meet others in the program. And you start finding out you're not the only one that's going crazy, you know. Um, I hate to laugh about it, but it's the truth. Like, you end up seeing that you're not the only one. You end up seeing more and more and more of life itself as you work in the program. And it's things, um, you know, and like I said is... It it doesn't have to be worked the way you think it has to be worked. You, But I would just say, like, work any type of program that's going to help you get sober and work through your mental health. You know, in the book that I have, someone wrote this, too. It's really funny. Um, so Bob is the guy that wrote the book, and... It really speaks volumes when people write, you know, I have a bunch of writings from different people, but it said, Bob, it turned out to be a blessing to get to know you. Keep the how going. I'm your way. And he's like, love such and such. And that's beautiful. Like, you know, we're, we're talking to this old man that... <laughs> you know it's gone and even to this day I'm thinking him I'm like man thanks bro like you really helped me um Dr. Bob like you you man you helped me because I wouldn't be where I am you know um I wouldn't be what I'm doing right now without that and like I'm super excited you know um I now have like this god conscious um and and you know on page 568 where spiritual experiences says willingness honesty and open mindedness are the essentials of recovery but these are indispensable. Truly and truly powerful words. You have to be willing. You have to be honest, open-minded. And if you have those three things, then you have the essentials of recovery. And I I truly believe it. Um, There's a quote by Herbert Spencer. There's a principle which is a bar against all information which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. So it's just, again, to be open-minded and have willingness. Um, If you are struggling with, you know, with trying to stay sober, you're struggling with any of this, you know, the first two things is, Um, Be open-minded and have willingness. I mean, truly, like, if you have those two things, then you can, you're already winning. Like, man, you're already winning.
Um, but again, you, you just have to have that willingness and open mind to want to be there, to want to discover more and to want to know more. I'm telling you, man, it's been a journey. Six years has been a journey, but I wouldn't take it back for anything. Um, because if I did, I I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I'm super thankful. Um, yeah. So on a recap, you know, this is about AA or just working a program that can help you get sober. Um, you know, if you were drinking, or substance abuse no you're not the only one and if you need help i mean please send me a message through the systems or go find a local meeting or go find programs that are local to you Um, if you're a family member that is battling with someone that has an addiction problem um, there is al-anon there's aa there's even narcotics anonymous there are even um anonymous meetings that have nothing to do with alcohol there's narcotics there's sex anonymous there is you know there is so many groups there um there's people that have issues with eating disorder anonymous there are groups in the trust me like nowadays there are way more opportunities so if you are feeling of any sort of distress or anything first of all i would totally tell you to call a doctor if you're feeling distressed or gone if you're needing help with substance abuse also go see your doctor or go to the mental health clinic um, closest to you and then also um if you don't know where to start um you can always start at an aa meeting an open meeting because there are so many people there that have years of experience or experience in general that can help guide you or help um, show you the way. There's also recovery centers. There's also hospitals. There's also outpatient programs. Yet there are so many online. There is Talkiatry, which is one of my therapy sessions. I would highly recommend them. There is BetterHelp. There is no OCD. There are so many programs out there, guys, that are just even at the fingertips of your hands. Um, So I would highly recommend um, using all those programs, using where you can find the help and where you need the help. Um, And do know, like, and, and and I say this with pure caution, if you are wanting to get sober and you've been using and using and you, you, you fear that you can be hurt from trying to get sober, like trying to detox, please, and, I'm, and I say this, please medically go find help to help you detox in the proper way than you just trying to do it yourself. Because unfortunately, if you, you can get hurt even by detoxing when you're coming off of stuff. Um, so... There are so many options. Medicaid even helps. Um, You can call your um, Medicaid person and they'll be able to send you to who you can talk to that accepts the Medicaid and that can work through the mental health issues as well. They also work with substance abuse. 
even insurances, private insurances through jobs do too. So there, there's, there's a multitude of options and, and I highly recommend y'all just looking at them up and just seeing what is out there, um, you know, and working on that journey for yourself, um, because it, it definitely is worth it. It's definitely going to take some work and time and it's going to be hard, but it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah. So, um, this is Jackie with Practical Spunk. It was an honor to speak to y'all about my experience within AA and my sobriety. Um, and I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to come back with these conversations and keep them going. Um, again, this is Jacqueline with Practical Spunk. Thank you.